0: Hi, and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bennett, and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Guys, I'm so sorry. Did I trick you a little bit? I know a lot of you were like, where's the Monday Parenthood episode? And here it is, it's Friday. So I have changed up the pattern from being Monday, Wednesday to Wednesday, Friday. So Wednesday is still Leadership Day and now Fridays is going to be Parenthood Friday. Thank you for understanding. I tried really hard to always get it out on a Monday and I did, but it's a little bit hard with the weekend and all the prep that I do and of course running a church on a Sunday. So here we are. Parenthood is going to be on a Friday. I have an extra juicy topic for you guys today to make up for it. Um, I'm going from the younger age that we've been talking about with first time obedience and um, teaching our children to respect other people's things, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, by not over child proofing our houses. Now I'm going to the other end today for those of you that perhaps either you have older children or before you know it, guys, your babies are going to be in high school. I promise you, you'll blink your eyes and they'll be there. So I wanted to look at Um, today why I didn't consent to my kids having the HPV vaccination. Um, I want to just break down what the vaccination is, what my reasons were at the time, and then some of the up-to-date research uh, and what I think about it now. Uh, Can I just say from the very beginning, though, that I am not an anti-vaxxer, okay? Just for those of you that think, oh my goodness, typical, she's an anti-vaxxer. Just because you question something, it does not make you an anti-vaxxer. My kids have had all the vaccinations. I've had all my vaccinations, although I don't get the flu, I must say I don't get the flu shot. Um, But I'm I'm by no means an anti-vaxxer, but there were so many things that I had concerns about when it came to the HPV vaccination, and I just wanted to talk about it. I remember doing a post at the time on Facebook years ago when the consent consent form first came home with Georgia because... um, I remember a lot of mums actually inboxed me and said, hey, what are you going to do? Because I think all of us felt the same. There was this brand new vaccination. We got this two-sided leaflet and a consent form and that was it. And so I think we, our gut feeling as mums um, and dads were that we want to know a bit more about this. And so I did my own research and came to the conclusion that I wasn't willing to To risk that one at the time on my kids. If you've had the vaccine though, honestly, no judgment here. Um, everyone has to make their own decision for themselves. Uh, you've got to do what's right by you and your family. But I equally ask in return that there's no judgment on me for deciding Um, not to have it. So I just want to set out for you, uh, let me explain what it is. Some of you might not quite understand what the HPV virus is. If you're a dad listening, you're probably going to hear some girls' terms that you go, what? I'm out. Dads, please stay and listen because now your sons are also being vaccinated against the HPV virus. I remember at the time thinking, what? My boys don't have a cervix. Why are they having the HPV vaccine? So this is an interesting question as well. So HPV stands for Human papillomavirus. Um, It's a fairly new vaccination. And six to, since 2006, over 125 countries around the world have embraced it. And it's had, of course, glowing endorsements from the world's leading medical professionals. By the way, Australia has been one of the key countries in rolling it out around the world. And um, there's a huge percentage of uh, Australian young people that have been vaccinated with this Um It's also interesting to note that this vaccine, it's also known as the cervical cancer vaccine or Gardasil, you might've heard that word used, but it's brought in over $2.5 billion in annual sales, but it's also engulfed worldwide in scandal. Uh, And obviously, even at the time when it was first being rolled out, there was a lot of controversy around it. So, Let's just have a look at what this vaccine uh, is meant to do. So, HPV, the human papilloma virus, is what leads to or what causes, is one of the common causes of cervical cancer in women. So, the vaccine is meant to help stop the virus to therefore try and protect girls from cervical cancer. Now, apparently, it does not protect, and I knew this at the time. Uh, It doesn't protect against all strains of HPV, and I'll explain to you after how many that it, it does protect against. And the other thing that we were told was it is most effective if it's given to a child before they become sexually active. Hence the age of 13 or 14. I was quite mortified when I read that. I was like, what? Okay. So you're expecting our kids or maybe on average, our kids become sexually active after the age of 14, which is kind of mortifying in itself. Now, when Georgia was in, I cannot remember if she was in year nine or year 10. I feel like she was about year 10, perhaps because Australia were rolling it out around the country Um, And I think it was maybe, don't quote me on it, but not just her year level, but a couple of the year levels below that were being vaccinated. And so she came home with a double-sided pamphlet and a consent form. Now, I never believe things just because I'm being told to do something. I wanted to know more about this vaccine before I went injecting it into my daughter, particularly when it's so closely related to fertility. And because I hadn't heard much about this vaccine beforehand, I'm like, in my mind, this has become a good idea since yesterday. I want to know how long this has been tested for and what all the research and the data is saying. Um, Now, two years later, my boys came home. My boy, my eldest boy came home with the same thing, double-sided pamphlet, Consent form, and I was like, What? My son does not have a cervix. Why is he being vaccinated? But apparently, they decided that uh, apparently boys can pass on the virus, and so therefore, they also need to be vaccinated. Now, I had a real caution about this. I just didn't feel, I just felt a caution in my heart, and I wanted to know more. And my biggest concern being, with it being so new, how do we know the benefits? And are there any harms? Do the benefits outweigh the harms? And my research led me really quickly to the conclusion that the benefits were very small and the potential harm was increasing um, and was on the rise. So I want to tell you what I knew at the time and based on my research at the time, why I didn't give my consent. So the first thing that I, I did know was that the risk of cervical cancer, thank God, is already quite low, um, even lower if you don't engage in multiple uh, sex with multiple partners. And so I was like, okay, there's, there's one, you know, do I want to give this vaccine uh, against something that has a very low rate of happening? The second thing I knew was that cervical cancer comes from this virus and there can be 40 strains of this virus. Now from memory the pamphlet less left this part out but the Gardasil or the HPV vaccine at the time only protected you against 4 out of the 40 strains. Um, Now, the latest uh, is called Gardasil 9. My understanding is it now protects you against nine of the strains, but at the time it was four out of 40. So that was another thing I was considering. Do I want to give a vaccine of which I do not know the harms when it only is going to protect against four out of 40? Different strains that can cause cervical cancer. I also knew from research that you get these viruses, and I said this a moment ago. But these viruses, you get them from having multiple sexual partners. Now, of course, uh, we've raised our kids based on our, you know, Christian values that um, you know, sex is something we we save for marriage, and so I was not planning on my children having multiple sexual partners. Now. I know we live in a world where you can't control your children, etc., etc. This is for a whole other podcast. Um, But that was something I considered as well. I also knew from my research that there was growing data of young girls and, of course, later boys who were vaccinated who were being severely harmed. Now, most of those who were harmed at the time, fit a a very particular kind of profile. So the girls at the time that were being harmed from the vaccination, according to the research I was finding, they were all fit and athletic and sporty and active. And the ones that were being harmed, it was those kinds of girls that fit that profile. I just thought that was really interesting. And the harm seemed to be neurological uh, and to do with the nervous system. Now, there were also, even at that early stage, there were deaths being reported as well. Now, my final driving reason for not consenting at the time was the fact that it was being given so young. Now, remember the reason for it being given so young was to catch children, and I say children, before they become sexually active. So in my mind, I was like, well, at least that gives me some time to consider and do some more research. I'm not going to be hurried by a consent form that's come home. And so I put that consent form aside. I chose not to sign it. And I thought, well you know, if they're trying to catch girls before they're sexually active, I've got some time up my sleeve here. So that's kind of my thinking at the time. And based on all of those reasons above, I decided not to give my consent. And then a couple of years later, again, not to give my consent for my boys to have the HPV vaccine. Now, quite a few years have passed since then and uh, I wanted to talk about some of the things that um, that I know now that have come to light now Uh, a lot more has uh, although I must say it is not easy to find a lot of the research Uh, you have to kind of go hunting for it Um, but like I said this vaccine has been and remains to be shrouded in scandal And the manufacturers, though, and the medical bodies who are still pushing this vaccine are doing a really good job at suppressing the injuries and the harm that's being done. You don't actually have to go far on the internet to realise that the reports of harm and death uh, are being continually denied and dismissed. And if you do any Google research, you'll just find all of these articles on why this vaccine is a good idea. And so I just want to explore that a little bit more. Now, since my daughter first had it, more medical experts have come out with great concerns about the HPV vaccine. Uh, Now, among them is a lady called Dr. Diane Harper. You can look her up. And she was... Uh, a leading developer and an expert responsible for phase two and three of the safety and effectiveness studies. Okay. So she was involved in the development and the trials and the studies of of the safety and effectiveness. And she supposedly spoke out and and talked about the harm and the ineffectiveness of these vaccines. But even this, even this report about what exactly Dr. Diane Harper said is shrouded in controversy, with some people saying she spoke hardly against it, other people saying, well, no, she just raised a few mild concerns. So again, controversy around what was said. But uh, reportedly, she made some statements about her concerns at a vaccination conference in which she was meant to be speaking in support of the HPV vaccine. Now, she is certainly not the only one. I remember at the time, I cannot remember the name of it or even how I found it, but there was a documentary at the time when uh, George's consent form came home. And I remember watching that and they actually interviewed... And told the story of quite a few young girls and boys who had been either harmed or even had died after having the vaccination. And um, and I remember at the time just thinking, based on that alone, if there's any, any risk like that to my child, then I'm not going to consent to this. Now, a book has also come out called um, The HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can get that on Amazon. Funnily enough, it's very expensive. Even the Kindle version is $30. So I'll say the name again in case you want to go and do a bit more of your own research. It's called The HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. So let me just break down um, first some of the research that Dr. Diane Harper, that I found that she has uh, reportedly said, and then I'll break down a few things from the book as well. So according to Dr. Diane Harper, about eight in 10 women who are sexually active will get HPV at some stage of their life. Okay, that's that's a big stat. Eight out of 10 women who are sexually active will get HPV at some time, and there are no symptoms for it. And listen to this, it resolves itself in 70% of cases in the first year. And if you give it two years, it resolves within 98% of cases. That's a huge amount of cases where HPV will resolve itself 98% of the time. So we could have all had HPV and we wouldn't even know it because it resolves itself. Another thing, according to her, is that in those cases where it uh, it doesn't resolve itself, so in the 2% of cases where it doesn't resolve itself, then that leads to precancerous cells and that may cause cervical cancer. So it's not even like, oh, the 2% of the population where HPV doesn't resolve will get cervical cancer. No, the 2% who... Uh, where it, it doesn't resolve, it could lead. So that brings the percentage down even more. And that kind of goes back to the point I made at the start, that the risk of cervical cancer is low to begin with. And thank God for, for the screening that we have, which um, does catch it early. So the other thing she said is there's, there is no actual proof or evidence that this vaccine prevents any kind of cancer just let that one sink in. We're vaccinating a whole generation with a vaccine that there is no evidence, and I'll tell you why a bit later, but there's no evidence that this vaccine prevents any kind of cancer. Like I said before, it only works on four strains out of the 40. um, And on a disease, by the way, that, like I said, dies on its own in a short amount of time. So the chance of it actually helping is about the same as a girl being struck by lightning. That that's comes a direct quote from from her research. Now, at the time, the V A E R S, the VARS system, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, said that there were 139 known deaths from the HPV vaccine. So that the VARS or VAERS, VAERS is a website where people go and report adverse reactions to vaccines. So at the time there were 139 known deaths so you really do have to go a bit down a rabbit hole in, in the VAERS website, which I did the other day. You, you kind of find little bits and pieces that you've got to keep clicking and clicking and going further and further to find more and more kind of data and research about HPV. It is there, but often uh, when adverse reactions are reported, the um, the website will say that they will continue to monitor for unexpected or unusual patterns. Now. I think there have been over fifteen thousand reported adverse reactions on that particular website, and some of the some of the reactions are like I said, neurological, nervous system related, the the Guillain Barr syndrome, lupus, seizures, blood clots, brain inflammation, um, lots of reports of girls fainting. Uh, So those kinds of reactions, amongst others. Some other stuff I found on it, uh, the Irish Times reported that 650 girls needed medical intervention after the vaccine, Uh, Japan stopped recommending adolescent girls receive the HPV vaccine um, because of the claims of side effects. The Japanese government halted it in 2013. So the immunization rate in Japan has fallen from 70% of adolescents being vaccinated with HPV to 1%. uh, And that was because there were just too many reports of muscle pain, sleep disorders, light and sound sensitivity. Uh, So again, all this, you know, to do with the nervous system and and neurological kind of um, uh, injuries. Now let's have a look at at the book, The HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. There's some really sad stories in the book, uh, which you can read up on yourself, but some stories of young people who have been seriously harmed. And, you know, when you actually hear the names um, it, it's more than just data. It becomes a person. It becomes a story. So according to the book, the side effects of the vaccine are underreported, but there is a growing number of parents who are suing manufacturers and governments. Like we said before, it's never been proven to prevent cervical cancer. Um, and Merck, who are one of the manufacturers, actually told young girls in the trial that the vaccine had already been proven safe. So there was quite a controversy in girls in India. You can look this up yourself again, where tribal girls were immunized with the HPV vaccine and a lot of them that um, suffered adverse reactions. And the parents claim that they never knew that their daughters were, uh, and sons were almost guinea pigs and being trialed with the vaccination. Now, it gets scarier. The manufacturers ha- never have tested the vaccine in, hum- in human fertility, on human fertility. That alone would make me not consent. And I didn't even know that at the time. I did have concerns. I remember thinking if this is to do with, you know, cervix and uh, female reproductive system, then I want to know a little bit more about it. And now they're saying that manufacturers, this book claims that manufacturers have never tested the vaccine on human fertility. More than that, there are certain ingredients in the vaccine, including including borax, which by the way, I've got in my laundry cupboard, which is a cleaning agent, also reportedly can have a negative effect on, vert- on fertility. And that's in this vaccine. Manufacturers have also never tested to see if the vaccine could actually cause cancer. That's really scary. They've never tested to see if the vaccine can cause cancer. And the Gardasil clinical trials, they created a new metric called, I quote, new medical conditions as a way to claim that serious health problems after vaccination were unrelated. So that's kind of really Um, uh, suspicious that they created this, you know, oh, I've had a new medical condition all of a sudden that's happened after the vaccination, but putting it in that category separated it from perhaps being related to the vaccine. And also, even though the vaccination is targeted at 11, 12, 13 and 14 year old, a very young population, the trials were done on older teenagers And so they haven't trialed it properly, um, according to the book, on the younger children that the HPV vaccine is uh, targeted towards. Okay, so as recently as February 2020, there was a pharmaceutical journal that put out a paper saying the following, that researchers have found that follow-up time on the HPV trials were too short and an underrepresentative population was used. So there's now uncertainty as to whether the vaccine even prevented cervical cancer because the women were only followed up for se- 6 6 sorry for 6 years after the vaccination. And so there wasn't enough time for them to really collect the data. That's why I said a couple of times previously that they don't actually know there's no evidence that it actually prevents cervical cancer, because it hasn't been around long enough to actually know if it does or not. And the trial people were only followed up for six years afterwards. Now we know that cervical cancer can take decades to develop. So we don't really know. There is no proof and no evidence that this vaccine uh, actually is preventing cancer because they haven't collected the data that far ahead. So, um, and I'll leave you with one last um, review that was put out by uh, a company known as BioMed Central. It was a systematic review done on the HPV vaccine. And according to them, they came to the conclusion uh, after examining all of the data that after four years, yes, the vaccine did decrease HPV-related precursor cancers, but it increased serious nervous system disorders and general harms. So that's kind of where we're sitting with the HPV vaccine. Of course, I could continue with a lot more data. And as much as you find data against, you will also find data for. And that's why I say to you that it's important to do your own research. But That is my personal opinion that I declined and didn't consent for any of my children to have the HPV vaccination, and I totally respect any parent who decides the the opposite and to vaccinate um, their child. I don't have any issues whatsoever, but people have asked me. And so I said that, you know, I would let you know. And I know oftentimes I've private messaged people who have asked me because there is a lot of you. I know that there is a lot of you who actually feel uneasy um, about this vaccination. So that's my kind of research. That's what I've found. Uh, I would love to hear more from you. Um, did you consent? Did you not consent? Um, do you, maybe you haven't crossed that bridge yet. What do you think about it? Come and let me know. Anyway, thank you guys for listening and uh, I love being with you and make sure you come back and listen to next Wednesday's Leadership Podcast and I'll see you then. Until then, have a great week. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.